0: Stuff from Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, it's a great finish. What a goal that is!
1: Lovely build up play from Sheffield
0: United.
1: Bringing you the latest from from across the steel City. city. This is
0: Football Forum. A very good afternoon to you and welcome along to uh, to a brand new year on Football Forum. Happy New Year. It is 2022 now and as we start our fifth uh, year, in uh, calendar year shall we say, um, of this programme, we are going to make things bigger and better for 2022. As ever, I'm Joseph Hadfield and I'm here to run you through all the action uh, over the festive period. I'm here, as ever, in the company of Josh Chapman and Connor Thorpe. Afternoon, fellas. Good afternoon. Hello. This is the programme where we discuss the Blades and the Owls and there's all the latest talking points from across the Steel City. So across Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music and uh, whichever podcast provider you prefer as well. Here's what's on the way for the first show of the new year. You know what they say, never let a black cat cross your path or beware bad luck. Well, Wednesday didn't heed that warning as a disaster of an evening left many Owls fans stranded on the A1 and the Owls themselves with a 5-0 defeat at Sunderland taming of the shrew more like tamed by the shrews wednesday slipping to yet another defeat this time one nil at shrewsbury we also turn our attention to the weekend's action as the fa cup third round arrives wednesday are not playing though but united are they're heading to wolves on sunday and after loads of postponements forgetting to predict and just failing altogether hopefully we can start 2022 better on unpredictable On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music and on your smart speaker. Alexa, play Football Forum. We may have left Shoe, but we still focus on Sheffield's red and blue. This is Football Forum. And it's live. So thanks for joining us here on Football Forum for our first show of 2022. Great to have your company as ever for this new year should we say not a new season obviously because we're halfway through that and uh, this being 2022 obviously remember uh this point last year um we brought in uh well we moved to Spotify obviously and we brought in our new uh all our new jingles and uh, 2022 is no different we've also made an addition to this program our team of nine has become a team of 10 and the man who uh who has joined our team. You've heard him on the program before. He's become our new social media manager, if you've not seen as of yet. And he joins us on the uh, the show um, this afternoon as our, uh, our secondary Wednesday expert. Afternoon, Will Lowley. Good
2: afternoon. Delighted to be joining the team.
0: Great to have you on the team. So uh, the shirt will be in the post. You've got the choice of right back or goalkeeper, whichever you prefer, of those two and um, we'll we'll be running our uh, our social media as you may have seen on Twitter Instagram and Facebook for uh, for the foreseeable future uh, big plans for 2022 and we've already made our first one so onwards we go then to the action for the uh, for Wednesday's games over the uh, the Christmas period shall we say because obviously United haven't played since the 20th of December that was on uh, our last show before christmas uh, we didn't have a show last week because we had no games to play but we have got two for you from wednesday um, as they were off to sunderland on uh, on the thursday just before the new year and then uh, they also had another game on sunday the 2nd of january now we have no commentary for this because it was an utter disaster of an evening for uh, for sheffield wednesday and their fans obviously uh, a, uh, an accident on the A1 uh, resulted in many fans and a load of commentators not even being able to get to the ground to the Stadium Alight, never mind um, watching the game. Um, well, they didn't miss too much. I'm, uh, we've not got any commentary, but I will let you know that, um, well, it was a 5-0 defeat, a heavy 5-0 defeat um, for Sheffield Wednesday. And, uh, well, it didn't really start very well, did it? Because... Um, Where is it gone? There it is. And it didn't really start very well because Ross Stewart, he got himself off the mark in the 12th minute, added a second in 36. Callum Doyle uh, made it three uh, just before half-time. And Ross Stewart completed his hat-trick just before the hour mark. Oh, here we go. Benjamin Mbunga Kimpioka. That's not too bad. Uh, With a quarter of an hour to go, sealed the deal. 5-0 at the Stadium of Light in front of all 34,500. And there's about five thousand that never even made it, uh, stuck on the M1. So that was uh, was Thursday night, and then Sunday it got even worse with Shrewsbury uh, going uh, well hosting Wednesday and a one nil victory for the Shrews. Um, down in Shropshire wherever it is. Uh we're going to get reaction to Shrewsbury in a bit. Um but we're going to focus on Sunderland first and we've got two bits of Darren Moore. Let's see what he had to say first of all after the Sunderland game.
3: Disastrous evening really for us. Um just nowhere near. Uh what we was we we started the game bright. Um I thought we put us put them on the back foot. Um was in the ascendancy but you can't give away goals like that tonight and we've given away stupid goals tonight so um, for our point of view um, and in terms of how we've been over weeks and months and that that was um, way short than what we expected from the team.
0: Darren Moore there after Sheffield Wednesday's 5-0 thumping at Sunderland. Will obviously you were one of those lucky few that managed to to make it up to the Stadium of Light and um, what did you make of the game?
2: I mean we might as well start where it all ended with the scoreline five nil. Um, you don't have to be a football fan particularly to notice that that's a heavy defeat. There was it was our first game back since COVID. Everyone was sort of not knowing what to expect. We'd had a couple of weeks off. We didn't quite know which players had not been playing, who had been isolated, and who had been doing their minimal amount of training that they were allowed to do. Um, but to be honest with you, it was embarrassing. Um, there's no way to sugarcoat this performance. A 5-0 from any team defeat-wise is absolutely embarrassing and unacceptable. The team looked completely anonymous. It was disjointed. There was just nothing about it. Um, in the opening 10 minutes of the game, I thought we actually looked settled. I could see a system today. You could see Nathaniel Mendes-Lang was uh, coming down the wing and he was looking quite healthy and exciting down there. And I was thinking, you know, You can see what we're going for. And then it just all fell apart completely. Like you said, Ross Stewart completed his perfect hat-trick within 60-odd minutes of the game. Um, And it just looked absolutely all over the place. Uh, And it's worrying because we look at that game as maybe a one-off, you know, Every team across the world has this game in their season where maybe they will lose 4-5 or 6 nil. Cardiff City last season lost 5 nil to a Sheffield Wednesday side that got relegated. You know, this happens across the world. But it's how you follow that up and how you react. And unfortunately for us, with the way the game went and the way it finished, we didn't follow it up. Uh, like you said earlier, a lot of fans couldn't actually make it because of an accident on one of the motorways to the game. You know, that's even more of a reason to not go and lose 5-0. There's people who have spent their hard-earned money after Christmas. You know, everyone's broke after Christmas, big family spending. And to lose 5-0 just simply
0: isn't good enough. No, tell me about it. It is, um, obviously, it was a a nasty accident. Obviously, um, thoughts with all those involved um, and all those that are pretty much sat in the cars and, and vans and what have you for... For five hours, not being able to go anywhere, um, especially just before the new year. Absolutely horrendous uh, situation there, but um, but there we are. Um, now, obviously, horrendous on the A1. Absolutely horrendous at the Stadium of Light, as you were saying. For a team to lose 5-0, and we, we mentioned this on, on Football Forum uh, just before the, the pandemic hit, when Wednesday lost 5-0 at Brentford, you may remember, uh, back in the Championship. It was... It was an absolute disaster class from from Wednesday at that point. That was under, obviously, uh, Gary Monk at that point, I think I'm right in saying. And it seems like Wednesday are going in this cycle all the time. What do we think happened with Wednesday? Because, obviously, they'd not played for a while because of the COVID outbreak and what have you. But they're on a decent run of form. OK, they hadn't been winning them all. They'd been drawing a fair few. But they were sort of in and out of the playoff scenario pretty much every single week. And then they go and get thumped 5-0 like that. I mean, do you put it down to the fact that the fans weren't there in in their full capacity or just the players couldn't be bothered?
2: It was sort of a constant slope as every goal went in. As the first one or two went in, there was a feeling of, okay, maybe it is to do with some of the illnesses that have been had. And then it sort of led on from that to being 4-5. And it was like, no, that's not what it is. Like you said, we were in a we were in a run of form. I don't know whether I'd call it a good run of form, a bad run of form, but we're in a run of form. You know, twelve games unbeaten for anyone is is unbeaten. You know, it is what it is. On that, we don't know. The thing is, there's so many things that happen between our last game to this one that we won't know about. It's really unclear, and I think that's what the frustration is from a lot of Sheffield Wednesday fans. We're frustrated. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Not that we need to know every details, but the transparency of our club with fans and with what's happening off the pitch as well as on is so up in the air. We have no idea. Look, the, the first season was always going to be difficult and ninth in the league is not where any Sheffield Wednesday fan would have wanted to be in January. And it's not where a lot of fans would have expected us perhaps to be in January. But in terms of what's happening off the pitch, along terms of on, I think a bit of clarity is needed. And whether it's a club statement, just, I I don't want to say the journalists aren't challenging the managers because they are, and the journalists are doing an excellent job. But we just want to know, why isn't this going right? Why are players getting played out of position? Obviously, we've had a horrendous injury season. We've been getting injuries here, there and everywhere. But... Why are we losing players on loan that we should be playing all season to short recalls? And just there's a lot of questions to be asked, and someone has to ask them.
0: Indeed, and we won't know who uh, who is going to be giving the answers. Uh, and Sheffield Wednesday fans have been asking for that for a long, long time. Um, maybe it's maybe it's to do with with Day Ponchanseri. Who knows? Um, now a, f- a five nil for for Wednesday. It's it's a bit of a hammering. Um but where do we think Sheffield Wednesday have to go next really? Because obviously as we said we're going to get onto the Shrewsbury game in a moment. Um but a five a five nil it's you you can you struggle to come back from that and what really does Sheffield Wednesday have to do in this January transfer window to sort of to sort themselves out basically going forward?
2: Well, this all relates back really to just what I said about off the pitch. We're not even certain what we can do in January. The The talk is is that we are still embargoed, potentially a, a softer embargo. Um, but the feeling around is that we can only sign loan players and free transfers or transfers for no fee. So where we go from here really depends what deals we can come up with the players, their agents, and maybe the clubs that they're already at. We saw with George Byers at Swansea managing to get him over. Um, I mean, without a doubt, we need to strengthen in depth. And that doesn't necessarily mean quality at this point in the season. We need some numbers. If we can get two or three centre-backs that can come in so we have to stop playing Marvin Johnson, who was a left winger at centre-back, then that's what we have to do. In terms of where we go after a 5-0, it's all about the response, which we'll get onto in a bit. And it's such a difficult one to come back from especially in the modern day of social media and everything else that comes alongside with it. The, the talk, the abuse, the conversation that happens off the pitch just between fans. And I'm not even talking about the players here. It it can split a fan base. It can, it can cause this sense of toxicity, if you like. Um, So where we go from here is we try our best in January and from our first few signings should, if they come, we'll see where we are going.
0: Indeed, we will. Now, as we say, Sheffield Wednesday had two games um, over the uh, the winter period. That is Sunderland done and dusted, and frankly, we want to park it now and not mention it again for uh, for a very, very long time. Um, but as I say, they're also playing Shrewsbury Town, and we'll touch on that game in just a minute.
1: You're home for United and Wednesday. This is Football Forum, only on Spotify.
0: You're with Football Forum for the first show of 2022. Much appreciating your company. And uh, thank you for joining us on whichever podcast provider you prefer to listen to us on. So we've done the Sunderland game. Now it's on to Shrewsbury Town. And a, a, a team really that, on paper at least, should expect Wednesday to... To pretty much walk over, but as we know, League One is no walk over this season, unless that is your Rotherham United, in which case they're absolutely storming up the league. um We've got no commentary for this one as well, and uh, Wednesday fans probably better that they're not hearing this anyway. um A 1 0 victory for Shrewsbury Town, Wednesday suffering yet another defeat. Matthew Pennington with the only goal of the game, uh, as I mentioned earlier, just before half time. Uh, let's get Darren Moore's thoughts after that 1-0 defeat away at Shrewsbury.
3: A game that um, just got away from us in the end, you know, to lose it by a set play. Uh, we huffed and puffed um, to get back in the game. And no second half, we had them penned back in. We just couldn't get that clear clear enough cut chance um, to get back into the game. Um, yeah, it was just a disappointing afternoon, really, because, um, you know, we came in and on the balance of the play, we dominated the game enough. Uh, to come away with the right result that we was looking for today. Um, it was a better reaction than what we wanted from um, in midweek and that, but um, still we've lost the game today, so we're disappointed.
0: Darren Moore there after Wednesday's 1-0 defeat on Sunday. Now, Connor, obviously um, you saw the whole game, the entirety. You uh, you made the trip down to Shrewsbury. Um, what did you make of it?
4: Yeah, it was uh, not a good response, I think in some ways, a bit more concerning than the Sunderland game because I think it, there were some mitigating circumstances there. We've obviously come back. It was the first time people have played for ages because of COVID and they've, they've all recovering from COVID. Um, but you would have liked to have thought that 90 minutes or 70 minutes because the start wasn't too bad, but 70 minutes of chasing shadows might have gotten some some sharpness into their legs. And it didn't happen like that. Um, it's It's difficult really to to sort of judge the impact of COVID on, on this sort of thing. But I just think it was a, a really poor performance. I don't think we can use that as too much of an excuse, really, uh, because, you know, this is what teams have to deal with now. We've had that game to sort of get back into it. It was a obviously a pathetic defensive performance at Sunderland and followed up by a really lacklustre, uh, unimaginative, dull, flat performance at Shrewsbury. I thought it was, it was really poor, to be honest. Um, you know, not much in the game, really. Uh, Shrewsbury have improved recently but they're certainly one of the teams who have been struggling in the league this season and um, you know they'll probably be all right; they'll probably survive but not much more than that and I don't think we really look like much more of a better football inside and you look at some of the players we've got in that team or some of the players we're supposed to have in that team And, and I'm not saying we should go there and dominate teams every week but I definitely think we should be creating more than we did against Shrewsbury it was you know, on the ball, really un- un- uninspiring probably is, is the right word. Just players making the wrong decisions. We don't really look like we have much of a pattern of play going forward. It's kind of get it out to Corbinu, who's now gone. I'm sure we'll come to that later. Get it out to Corbinu or Palmer because Patterson went off injured. And there's no sort of attempt to open up space. When Corbinu opens up space by going wide, there's no sort of running off the ball from Berahino to sort of go across the defender. There's no attempt to overlap by one of the central midfielders to try and create a 2v1. And it's just really, it just doesn't look like we're a very well-coached team at the minute. I think we've gone back to how we were playing in this sort of period in October, I think it was, when we just looked like that sort of team that just didn't have any idea of how to attack, really not any sort of, clear style of play no clear identity of what we're trying to do and shrews pressed us really well to be honest you know they haven't got better players than us but they they had a better game plan um they were re- they were quite intense they were quite direct as well um but they won the second balls out of the pitch when we got it out wide they sort of brought, brought three or four players out to try and force us to put it out of play and stop us going inside and make it difficult for us to try and sort of beat that press. And we did it at times in the first half, but I think when we did, we were really unimaginative when we got it in the final third. Just really basic football, I think it is at the minute. It's kind of, let's play play a few slow passes in midfield when we first get it. Allow the opposition to get behind the ball. And then when we get into the final third, it's kind of, oh, we'll try and cross it from deep into Berrino at the back post, or we'll just try and rush it and it, and it seems to me that we're just getting all those sort of things wrong. You want your first couple of passes to be quick when you win the ball back. And then when you get around the edge of the box, that's when you want to take a bit more time, be a bit more uh, cute, for want of a better word, to try and open up a defence. And we don't seem to be able to do any of those at the minute. And it's it's very concerning. We talk about the defensive injuries that we've had. Um, that back three, obviously Hutchinson coming back, I think it's a boost. Palmer at right centre back. And Johnson at left centre-back, who I think is getting a bit found out now. He's he's obviously done a good job at times when he's come in there, and he, he was good at first, but I think he really struggled in this game and against Sunderland, um, but I can't really hold that against him. So, um, but yeah, we talk about these defensive injuries, but really the attacking play at the minute is is pretty woeful. And, and obviously we're missing Windas and Luongo, but... We shouldn't be too reliant. We shouldn't be so reliant on those two players. They're obviously very, very good players, and I do think we'll be a much better side with them. But with the likes of Bannon in there, Gregory, Corbynou, I was talking about this game because obviously we won't have in future. But you, you do think there's just a lot more on that pitch than we showed in terms of opening up an opposition defence because the chances we had, there were hardly any. You know, there was a a snapshot in the box from Berrino in the second half. And in most of them were just shots from Long range. And that comes to the point of, you know, we, we allow teams to get behind the ball and we've got no idea how to break them down. So then it has to be a shot from long range because that seems to be the only option. And we just don't play through teams. And uh, yeah, another frustrating one to add on what was a, a shambolic defensive performance at Sunderland.
0: Well, exactly. And this is the thing we we talk about Wednesday. Um, and there was a lot going around after the Sunderland game that the heads had dropped Wednesday, uh, Wednesday players. And it seems that sort of carried on over into the Shrewsbury game and obviously a lack of intensity that we're seeing from the Owls at at most times through that through that game. They were sort of having chances but it they were resorting to just just having pot shots from outside the area. And was it a sense of just Shrewsbury were that good defensively or more a sense that Wednesday were just not very good attacking wise?
4: I think it's both. I think Shrewsbury defended really well. It'd be wrong for me to say that they didn't especially in that second half when we had more of the ball and they sort of went a bit deeper. Um, they, they sort of made themselves really difficult to break down. The three centre-halves had a very good game. The three in midfield were very solid. You know, they were very aggressive in terms of when we had the ball in a dangerous area, they were quick to try and break it up. And the two, two wing-backs were good as well. So fair play to them. They defended well, but I just think we should have more. We've got enough quality on that pitch to open up defences and too often this season we've just seen a complete inability for us to do that and it's it's not good enough really you know I was I was getting quite optimistic in in uh, November and December uh, thinking that we might have turned a corner and then I think Covid the Covid break has probably happened at the worst time it could have done we thought it might be a good time because we get players back but what it's done is we've sort of lost lost that confidence. I, I hate saying the word momentum, but it might actually be true in this case. And then we've come back with two really poor performances and it feels like we've taken a, more than two steps backwards. We've taken about 10 steps backwards now after some really good steps in in November and the start of December. So, um, yeah, I think, where do we go from here? I think it's going to be, you know, three really tough games now, Plymouth at home, Oxford away, Ipswich at home. And, and they're three games that we could feasibly, we could lose all three of those. We might only get three points out of them. We might get less. That's that's a possibility with how we're playing at the minute. And if that does happen, then Darren Moore's job will
2: be in serious, serious threat.
0: Will, you also watch the game as well. What did you make of it?
2: It's one of those that, uh, where if this game had been played on a non-linear timeline that we hadn't just lost 5-0 to Sunderland, I don't think the reaction of losing 1-0 would be so bad. It wasn't a particularly bad game of football, but it wasn't particularly a good game of football from both sides. You know, there was there was plenty of chances for both sides, um, but it was the same as the Sunderland game is that there was just no clear system again. And these players, when you're, you've got no guidance from a manager or a system to follow, you're relying on your own qualities as a player. So we're looking at Barry Bannon to just be Barry Bannon with his long passing and his bit of flair that he brings. But without a system, where does that go? It goes nowhere. We played Berahino again on the basis, in my opinion, on the fact that he scored against his only goal against Shrewsbury, sorry. And these individual players coming in with no system, they're looking to play to their strengths, but that makes it messy. It makes it complicated. You're playing Theo Corbin, you in the midfield more centrally when he just he wants to drift out wide, which is then leaving that big gap in the middle because he's relying on his own contributions of drifting wide and his own qualities. It just makes a formation turn into a string of lines everywhere that there's no system to follow. The game itself, like I said, there were chances, but we just looked done out and there was no fire, there was no desire it was just not a good game.
0: So Wednesday were, were freed from desire and uh, they weren't on fire either. Um, they need to get Will Griggin, if you ask me. Um, we've mentioned that Wednesday have, have had this system where they're, they're playing players in different positions. We obviously have just learnt this morning that Theo Corbin, you, has been recalled from his loan at Wednesday. He's uh, He's gone and joined MK Dons now for the rest of the season. Wolves didn't, Choose to recall, and it was completely left up to Theo you He's decided uh, to to move to a fellow League One club. It it's it's a little bit worrying, isn't it? Because Corbinu was one of those players at Wednesday that the fans got excited by the they enjoyed watching him play. He's now gone to a to a League One promotion rival, shall we say? Do you think Wednesday have have let the ball slip a little bit with this one?
2: I can't express enough how irritated I am by this decision. Not from Theo Corbin, you know, and I'll get onto that in a moment. This is a player that, like you said, got fans excited. We didn't know much about him when he came, but from the second he was playing, you could tell there was a bit of flair. There was something about him. And when we started playing him a bit more, he was going into a wing-back role, which he stated himself, he had never done the defensive side of the game to that extent before in his career, maybe only once or twice, if that. So when... The rumour came about that Theo would be leaving. I don't think anyone was surprised. You know, he's not been utilised in the system. It's tough to get him into the system if we're going to play wing-backs. But when you have that quality of player, it's perhaps worth making a few slight adjustments, not to play around him, but to fit him into that system. I was walking through Sheffield uh, City Centre maybe a couple of months ago when I actually bumped into Theo. Uh, and I had a chat with him just before the Harrogate Town... Yeah, Harrogate Town game, Papa John's. And I bumped into him, I had a quick chat with him, and he was so appreciative of someone just coming up to him and saying, saying hi, because obviously he's in a city that he doesn't know. And he really enjoyed that. And just from that two minutes' worth of interaction, if that, talking to him, I could tell how much of a genuine, nice guy he was as well. And from his interviews before about Sheffield Wednesday, even when he's moved to NK do he's wished us all the best. I don't think anyone can blame Theo for wanting to enhance his career further by moving to a club where he'll play and potentially have a promotion on his CV. I'm very disappointed that we've lost him, but I, I don't
0: blame him at all. No, I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, it, potentially, if he's in the City Centre, he must be on the wrong side of the City there. But uh, but there you are. I mean, it's weird after seeing the the sort of the five nil and the one nil together as a as sort of a, a package. It keeps reminding me of what we were saying on our last show when we were in the studio before COVID, the, the 5-0 against Brentford, and we sit. I'm sort of thinking that these things keep repeating this cycle. Wednesday are just defensively all over the place, shall we say. They're not really good going forward either, and it just seems like the team is, is struggling to, to keep interest, and obviously the fans are just getting annoyed week on week on week, so... Surely this transfer window, obviously we're only at the start of it now. It's gonna be immense for Sheffield Wednesday, coupled with those three big games, as you say, Plymouth, Oxford, and Ipswich.
4: Yeah, that's that's a fair point. And obviously, Corbin, who go going. I think you'll probably touch in that more detail with Will a bit later when I have to shoot off. But we we definitely need a left it is we're at an interesting crossroads now, I'd say, because we've settled on this three five two system in recent weeks and with the way it's going, do we, will Darren Moore not be tempted to switch to a back four, or maybe you know maybe a four four two or something like that? And that obviously re- requires like really different sort of players because you you know do you then go out, go out and sign a an actual specialised wing back, or do you go and sign an actual left back and an actual winger? Do you hope that that wing back could probably adapt to play in either position? Um, And obviously, this is the month of the transfer window. So maybe we've got to make that decision soon. Are we going to stick out with this three at the back? Because then we'd need to make the signings to really fit into that system, which is not what we did in the summer because we signed a lot of wingers. And obviously, circumstances dictated that it wasn't working. And we went to a three-five-two, which did work for a bit and now doesn't seem to be working. So do we settle on that or do we try and go to a... A different system, whether that's a four-four-two, whether we try a four-three-three, and I've got—I guess—you've got guess to sign players who you can see fitting into that system. And it, we're at the minute now where you kind of feel like that could change because of the results that we've had. And the problem is as well, we don't have another game until the fifteenth. So that's halfway through the window, so it could be a tough decision now for more what he, which way he wants to go. Does he want to sort of cover both bases and be able to adapt, or does he want to do what he's doing, sort of stuck? with the system and really tried to to get that going over a long period of games. And I don't know, maybe a bit more flexibility is the right answer, the right way to go down because how many times have we actually changed the system within a game when it's not been working? I think Shrewdrie was a good example. You know, you could take a centre-half off, you could switch to a 4-4-2. Um, and, and there was a game, the Gillingham game, probably the best example of it, where we just we're making the same errors going forward and we just didn't seem to be able to change the system during the game. And I think that's poor management really, because I understand that you have one way of playing and that's fine. You want to sort of get everyone settled into that, but also within games you should be able to adapt. And it's not often that we've done that. And that's why we struggle to turn games around as well.
0: So that is, is all the action and reaction done for the week. obviously, Wednesday aren't playing this weekend, so we're going to turn our attention to United in a moment or two. But first up, it's the first one of the new year, and uh, because he's got all the games over the uh, the Christmas period, thank God for, uh, for COVID postponements, otherwise Chappers would have been here for about 20 minutes. Uh, He's got the first local roundup of 2022.
1: Absolutely, and well, obviously, it's the Christmas period has been and gone. Um, It's often a very, very busy period, so it's a very, very busy local roundup. Could have been longer, but uh, thankfully, some teams have not played certain games that they should have done. Uh, Anyway, we are going to start in the championship and with Barnsley. Uh, Their form under new manager, Poyot Ashbadji, really hasn't picked up um, where they left off. Unfortunately for them, they travelled to Blackburn on the 29th of December, uh, Joe Rothwell put the home side in front just after 24 minutes um, to, to really compound a, a dismal Christmas period for the Reds. Carlton Morris actually pulled the goal back and leveled things up just before the half-time break um, in added time at the end of the first half. But Ben Brereton-Diaz um, in its Chilean roots uh, scored again. That was, his, I think that was uh, the goal to take him past 20 league goals um, this season. But he scored in the 65th minute uh, to put Blackburn 2-1 up and to give them all three points. Barnsley didn't have a second game um, over the New Year period as their game against Forest got called off um, after Nottingham Forest informed the EFL that they could not fill their fixture uh, because of COVID. And um, Barnsley currently 23rd in the table without a win since the 3rd of November and that was when they beat Derby 2-1. So really worrying times if you're a Reds fan. Uh, moving down into League One and Rotherham, well, they are facing better times. Uh, they are really going well at the moment. They hosted uh, Bolton on the 1st of January. They didn't have a game. Uh, no they did have a game before that actually they have been one of our busiest teams but I didn't want to put another one in um, but Rotherham hosted Bolton on uh, New Year's Day and Michael Smith put the home side in front after 40 minutes uh, but then two minutes later Owen Doyle um, put, uh, leveled things up um, to make it one all. however Smith got his and Rotherham's second of the afternoon in the 74th minute to secure a 2-1 victory um, over Bolton Wanderers that's... Um, Rotherham have not apart from one game uh, Rotherham have not lost um, since oh my goodness oh, Wow! since the 11th of September they've lost one game since the 11th of September which is an absolutely ludicrous record and in fact they've only drawn twice since oh my word since the beginning of November so Rotherham going great guns at the moment um, but it was a different competition for them uh, on Tuesday night it was the EFL Trophy uh, third round and they travelled to Crew alexandria And what a crazy game that was. Mikhail Mandron putting the home side in front just after 11 minutes. Kieran sadly are levelling things up uh, in the 41st just before half-time. Smith, in a bit of a goal-scoring form at the moment, decided to uh, get another one on Tuesday night in the 57th minute to turn the game on its head 2-1 and 2-1 Rotherham. But Crew came back and it levelled through Scott Robertson in the 71st minute. But Rotherham wrapped up a safe passage to the quarter-finals thanks to Joshua Coyote's goal in the 82nd. And Freddie Ladapo's goal in the 94th minute. Ladapo was actually handed in a transfer request at the Millers, so that's big news um, if you're a Rotherham fan. However, thanks to their great form, they're still top of League One. Uh, and in the, well, it's a bit of a confusing one this, but they will face either Exeter, uh, Cambridge, or Portsmouth in the quarterfinals uh, of the uh, EFL trophy. That's because I think yeah, Exeter have missed a couple of games, so Exeter have got to play Portsmouth. If Exeter beat Portsmouth, then they have to play Cambridge. And if they beat Cambridge, then that's who they're going to play. Confusing. Anyway, staying in League One and Donny Rovers, uh, their dismal, dismal run of form continues. Uh, they travelled, uh, sorry, they hosted Sunderland on the 27th of December and it was a very disappointing post-Christmas game. 3-0 defeat there. Ross Stewart, Elliot Embleton and a Ben Blythe own goal uh, securing three points and three goals for Sunderland in that game. And then on the second of January, well, it looked like their fortune had turned. 3-0 up at half-time through Aidan Barlow, Dan Gardner, and Joseph Oluwu um, away at Morkan. However, Cole Sto- two from Cole Scott- uh, Stockton, a goal from Jonathan Abike, and Tumani Marnie Diagoraga in the 85th minute, turning things completely on its head for Morkan and making them, you know, giving them three points 4-3 that game finish which was absolutely ludicrous and I did see a wonderful start about Gary McSheffrey playing against Morgan, but I can't remember I might try and find it later on uh, Rovers currently bottom of league one six points from safety and have actually played a game more than some teams above them uh, moving down into the National League and Chesterfield uh, are still top of that National League table as they were at Christmas uh, they drew one all against FC Halifax town on the 28th of December Jack Clark rescuing a point late on for the Spireites there uh, and they hosted uh kingsland town on the first of january on new year's day Liam Manville with the games only goal there and um, to secure three points for chesterfield they have a massive fixture this weekend as they travel to chelsea at Stamford bridge in the fa cup so good luck to buy rights in that one and finally hallam lmfc hallam have had a, a very successful last couple of games uh, the 28th of december they hosted brig town uh, with a record attendance as well for Hallam, 1,128 people um, at the game at Sandygate on the 28th. Uh, ooh, Aaron Wilson in the 19th minute opening the scoring for Hallam, but that was before Scott Phillips' penalty levelled things up in the 47th. Wilson got his and Hallam second of the game just after half time in the 51st, um, and Craig Mitchell put uh, well, uh, gained Hallam a two-goal cushion in the 83rd minute. Brig did get one back through Jonathan Oglesby in the 87th, but Hallam held on for the victory. And they travelled to Hall Road Rangers the other day as well. Uh, Kieran Watson in the 40th minute and Wilson again in the 82nd to secure a 2-0 victory over Hall Road Rangers. uh, Hallam top of the Northern Counties East League Division 1, but only by a point. It is pretty tight at the top, uh, but they are in some great form at the moment. And that is your Lenten Local Roundup.
0: And think about what it had been like if uh, if all the games oh, had been God. played over the Christmas and New Year period, you'd have been here <laughs> for half an hour. Um, just to point out, you were mentioning that stat about Chesterfield, uh, Gary McSheffrey was part of the Chesterfield side that lost 4-3 at Morecambe after being 3-0 up at half time in 2013. And obviously he's now in charge of Donny, who've just done the same thing uh, thanks to Paul Fisher for that one great
1: start that absolutely outstanding start imagine losing twice (laughs) in the same manner 4-3 to the same team exactly brilliant start
0: well uh, McSheffrey has done that now and uh, hopefully if he gets his scoring boots on Padre Gamond might still be getting some silverware if he can get up to the New York Stadium uh, in a couple of uh, weeks and months time obviously Exeter do play Portsmouth on Friday night. Right, that is all the local stuff done. Back to United now. And uh, we're going to turn our attention to their first game in, well, since the 20th of December. Um, and in fact, it's, uh, it's our first United preview of 2022. And that comes in just a second.
1: You're home for the Blades and Owls. This is Football Forum.
0: with Football Forum for our first show of the new year. Happy New Year to you and uh, thank you for your company. So onwards we go then to the preview and there is only one this weekend because obviously Wednesday are poor shall we say when it comes to FA Cup football so they have no game because Morecambe are playing Spurs they were supposed to play them uh United are in action obviously they're in the championship and they're heading to Wolves to Molyneux um for the first time in the cup since 1958 if my uh my stats serve me right um now obviously we know Wolves are are a formidable opponent shall we say it's the uh we're going back to the ground that uh that on our commentary debut uh, early last year, Chappers provided Sheffield United with confirmation of relegation from the Premier League. Um, well, let's start with the obvious one. Obviously, we've not played since the 20th of December, almost three weeks now without a game. What kind of state do we think players are going to be in after not playing for for the best part of a month?
1: Yeah, it's a... Um strange old situation isn't it really and uh, I was listening to the um, official um, EFL podcast earlier um, as Paul Eckerbottom was on uh, with Mark Clement and Clement actually asked him about that you know would your preparations have been different would your kind of Training sessions been different for the last three weeks or so. If you'd have known you weren't going to be playing games in advance rather than preparing for the games and then finding out the day before that they weren't going to go ahead. And, and, and Heckingbottom heck and was pretty honest in, in saying that, you know, what they would have done was would have been pretty different, um, really. They, they'd have treated it more. If, if they'd have known that they, they were going to have, like, three weeks off, for example, they'd have treated it more as a bit of a pre-season um, type um Time, I guess, um, with slightly, you know, putting the players through the paces to see where they're at rather than just having to think, okay, well, we've got a game in two days. You know, we need to prepare for that. We need to prepare tactically for the opposition, blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's a little bit difficult to tell because on the one hand, you think, okay, well, they've not played a game for three weeks, so they should be fairly well rested um and should be you know full of energy and ready to go so they've you know they don't have the excuse of oh well we've played three games in a week and blah 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 but on the other hand you think well they've not played a game in three weeks so they could be fairly rusty and you know it's a it's a really fine balance between which side it's going to be i'm hoping that you know the players are going to be full of energy they're going to be um full of commitment full of running about and you know really can go all the way for 90 minutes um and further if needed. So, an um, interesting one to, to look at. Wolves are a, a strange team under Bruno Large in that they they really don't concede many goals at all. They don't concede many goals. And I'd say that they're a strange team onto that because they don't do that. That's not what I mean. But they, equally, they barely score any goals either. I mean, I'm just looking at their, their last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight games. There has either been one... Goal in that game or no goals in that game, not even one goal for each side. That's either Wolves have won one nil, they've lost one nil, they've drawn nil nil in their last eight games, I, and I just found that amazing. And even before that, you know, there there weren't massive score lines, two nils, two ones, one ones. The 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 biggest scoreline of the season in the league was a three two win away at, away at Villa, and obviously local derby, you don't really know what you're going to do about that. So. They they really are quite compact at the back, but they have a real issue with scoring goals and that's been kind of obvious since the start of the season, really. Um, the first kind of five, six games, pundits and, and fans and, and everybody kind of tipped them to, to pick up their form a little bit. They just needed to find the back of the net a little bit more. But they they are quite wasteful with their chances, um, in all honesty. Um, and to be fair, they've not really picked up... and. They they played very very well against Man United the other day, but they had a lot of chances and didn't only put one away. And to be fair, the one that did put away was was quite a difficult chance from the edge of the area or outside the area. So, yeah, it, it's a strange one um, in terms of opposition. You you, you know what you're going to get in terms of defensive solidity, um, because like I say, they don't concede many. But equally. We have to be on the same wavelength in that we have to try and shut them out as well, um, try and limit their chances, try and limit them to um, you know half chances if we can. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how this one goes on on Sunday, Sunday afternoon, two o'clock.
0: Yes, indeed. Um, because of the uh, the FA's uh, broadcast rights and rules, but there you are. Never mind. Um, now, obviously, as we mentioned, it is FA Cup third round weekend. It's uh, It's one of the most prestigious weekends in the football calendar and obviously United. Well, the FA Cup's treated us quite well over the past couple of years. Obviously, we got to the quarterfinals last season uh, before we got dumped out by Chelsea. Uh, Season beforehand, um, we obviously, the famous Rediff and Cardin moment um, when we got past, uh, we got past, no, we got past Redding eventually. Um, who do we get knocked out to? After extra
1: time, yeah. It Wasn't Arsenal the season before? It was Arsenal, it? of course. Arsenal yes. Um, yeah, because it was after the break, wasn't it? And we were pretty poor form, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: So, uh, so we've been knocked out by Arsenal, knocked out by Chelsea. Um, so it looks like, well, will Wolves put up much of a fight? You'd have know, thought they will because it's it's the third round weekend and they're doing not too badly in the league. United, though, obviously, there is this. Promotion push that we'll put in inverted commas for the time being. Um, yeah. Do do we play more of a sort of more of a first team, the strongest side possible, or do we look for more of a second string side and maybe some more of the fringe players? Do you think?
1: Yeah, it's another tricky one. This because again, I was listening to as as I said earlier, listening to to Hecky on the on the BFL podcast, and he was saying that you know I I don't know when it was recorded. It it was obviously recorded after uh, the Middlesbrough game was called off, but I don't know how recently um, in terms of the last few days, but he was saying that, you know, we, we've got our own kind of player issues with COVID. Um, so we've, we've got, uh, I think he said five or six, maybe more actually, I can't remember. Yeah, it's, This is going to sound stupid. He either said four or eight. I can't, I, I've got four and eight in my head. Yeah, he said one of the two. Um, so, we, you know, we've got our own issues with COVID, We've got our own issues with injuries. You know, Ryan Brewster. I know he's he's back in training, but I don't think he's quite ready to play. Gibbs White obviously can't play because it's his parent club, um, but he won't be able to play anyway because he's he's also injured. Um, Guardiola, who you might bring in as a as a rotation player, has only just come back into training. So yeah, we, we've got our we've got our own issues with player injuries and and COVID issues. So. I almost feel like we're, we might be slightly limited to the team we can play um, and I think the team we can play this week might also be the team we play next week against Derby. Um, it, it's, it's tricky in, in terms of the selection headache as to who you would like to play. I, th- I think if Heckenbottom had his all his players available to him, I think he would play a first team or as close to a first team as he as possible, maybe one or two changes. But I think he would play a first team just to try and get minutes back in the legs, uh, just to try and get that kind of... keep that winning feeling going, I guess, with trying to keep a settled side. Um, so I think he, he if he had his, all his players available to him, I think that's the way he'd go. But obviously where it doesn't seem like we're in that situation where he can necessarily do that and I think maybe changes will have to be made um in order to keep everyone fresh in order to um get past injuries and things like that so yeah tricky one um I'm I'm really not sure what kind of team's going to be out because obviously um well obviously Heckingbottom's going to keep his cards close to his chest in terms of who's out and through COVID, who's out through injury that we might not know about. So it's tricky to predict what team it's going to be. Personally, like I say, I, I would have gone for a strong 11, um, like a first team 11, just to try and get minutes back in the legs. And I think that's probably what Heckenbottom would have done as well. Um, but, who knows if that's going to be possible to do because of injuries and, and COVID and things like that
0: Indeed uh, so United obviously taking on Wolves 2 o'clock on Sunday, isn't available on uh, on TV but you can, you can listen to it on BBC Radio Sheffield of course um, and uh, if there's any plugs for any podcasts, um, well we, we've given the EFL a couple this week um, just to update you on Unpredictable because we are going to move on to that now Obviously, there is only one game for us to predict uh, this weekend, and well, it's been a disaster basically because we forgot to uh, we forgot to, to I've got, forgot to fill uh, update the scores, and uh, we forgot to predict a load of Wednesday games. So uh, realistically, as things stand at the moment, Chappers is still winning with 61. I've got 53, and Connor has got 50. But uh, who knows what's going to happen? In the upcoming, hopefully, 2022, we're actually a bit more organised, a bit more on the ball with this programme. So, United travelling to Wolves uh, in the Premier League. Chappers, what are you saying?
1: Yeah, difficult one. Um, I, I think, as you say, Hadfield, I think Wolves will be fairly up for this one because I think it'll give them a decent opportunity to try and progress through the rounds, um, especially after a slightly disappointing Premier League campaign for them. Um, currently sitting eighth but they 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 have picked up a little bit recently they've got a few points but they by by their standards they should probably be slightly higher up it's a funny old premier league season this year um after after 90 minutes cuz obviously it could go to extra time um i just don't, i can't see it being a particularly high scoring game but then again, I don't know, it depends which team plays. Uh, I'm, do you know what, I'm going, to, I'm going to be ambitious. I'm going to say 2-1 United, but I don't think it's going to be that. But that's what I'm going to say. I, I was toying between 1-1. One, one. I was going to go 1-1 one, one for a while. And then I thought, actually, no, I think we can turn them over.
4: So I'm going to say
0: 2-1. Right, 2-1 for Chappers. Connor? Yeah, well,
4: Paul, Paul bottom, said they're missing 11 first-team players. Um, Wolves, I don't think we've really got much to go off with how, they're, how seriously they're going to take it. Bruno Large is obviously his first season in English football. It's Wolves' first FA Cup game under him. But I don't know. I imagine they'll feel like they've got a decent chance of winning it. I think with United having 11 first-team players out, Wolves should still win. So I'm going to go 2-0 Wolves.
0: 2-0 Wolves for Connor. I'm going to go... What am I going to say? I'm going to say... I'm going to say 1-0 Wolves. I don't think United uh, are going to do it. It's going to be a, an exit from the first uh, from the third round of the FA Cup. I just think Wolves are going to win. I mean, let's be fair. The last time we played them, in when we got relegated from the Premier League, we lost 1-0. That was all it needed. And uh, I just think it's not going to be enough on this time around. And Wilson, as though you're joining us this week... You might as well have a prediction as well. Wolves against Sheffield United in the third round of the FA Cup.
2: Yeah, I'll take off my uh, blue and white rose-tinted goggles for this one. (laughs) I do think Wolverhampton have an amazing season. Look, it's the FA Cup. There's always rotations. They're at home. I'm going to have to go with 2-1 Wolves for this one.
0: A 2-1 victory for Wolves as well. So that about does it for our first show of 2022. Big thank you, to well who are now is part of the football forum family he's wearing that purple with pride and uh, he'll be in charge as I say of all the social media on uh, on our pages from now on as well Uh, myself Chappers and Connor will be back next week as usual to bring you all the reaction funny enough from only one game because uh, obviously Wolves are playing United and there is There actually might be midweek games as well, so we don't know yet. We can't be certain uh, with all the COVID rearrangements, but we can say we've got one game at least next week, fingers crossed. Um, And obviously Wednesday, we'll be back in action the following weekend, so we'll be previewing their game as well. But from the the four of us, should we say, and all the team here on Football Forum, thank you for joining us. And as I say, we are back now for 2022. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Good night. (music)
1: Bringing you the latest from across the steel city. It's a beautiful day. This is Football Forum.